Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Passing Shot with Joel and Kim, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com on today's French Open Round 4 catch-up. Stefanos Tsitsipas falls to rising star Holger Rune. Nadal and Djokovic are set for an evening session encounter. And Sviantec comes through her toughest test yet. Kim, today is the 30th of May and we are here to catch up on round four at the French Open at Passing Shot HQ. We have just witnessed Iga Sviantec win through against Zhang of China. Tough three-set battle. I'm not still not quite sure how she didn't win that first set, but uh, she came through it anyway, perhaps with a little bit of help from Zhang with some strapping on her leg and a little bit of a potential injury there but um yeah we've got a lot to lots to talk about as always round four always an exciting time I think in the tournament where we get potential upsets happening and we look forward to even tastier encounters I'm already licking my lips at the thought of Nadal Djokovic in the evening session tomorrow but before we get into all of that Kim obviously you were at Surbiton uh, the other day so how was that for you was that nice nice little break from the watching the the red clay yeah i've got the green green grass of home instead joel um <laughs> and, and the overcast clouds yeah it, when the sun you know wasn't out it was quite chilly and i regretted only bringing two jackets with me i should have bought a third or a blanket because it does get very chilly when you're just sitting there and the clouds kind of cover the sky but um yeah it was good to be good to be back when you say the sun wasn't out do you just mean like your whole time at Surbiton no it did come out for a little bit it was pleasant in the in the sun but yeah like um I've just it's just exciting to be back at live tennis and you know the weather is the main thing is that it doesn't rain um I think it's <laughs> rained there today but Andy Murray got his match in he won didn't he which is mm. good uh it's the real story of the day forget the French <laughs> yeah, <open>. I know <laughs> let's talk about Murray Rodionov for ne- the next 40 minutes no um no we do have a lot to a lot to talk about and you know we're going to start actually with the the women's matches today on day nine and we're going to talk about Iga Shriontek uh the match has just happened she defeated Zheng of China 6-7 6-love 6-2 Kim we both were watching this match we were whatsapping each other I mean we've got to talk about it first of all I think that first set before we talk about the the second and third set because it, it felt you know looking at that score line it really kind of felt like a match of two halves given how competitive that first set was felt like every single game the returner was in with a chance of breaking and although I think Shiontek will be disappointed given how many opportunities she had you know she served for it she had loads of set points in the in the tie break I think she will be happy with how she responded in sets two and three 
Yeah, she, I mean, Svantec could easily have won that first set. She did have five set points. She should have. Yeah, she was 5-2 up in the tiebreak. Zheng, to give credit where credit is due, like mm. hung in there. You know, she was um, really battling through and, and she, you know, she was the first player to have taken a set off Svantec this this whole tournament. And then, yeah, I mean, we expected a, a champion's response, you know, from Svantec come come the start of the second set, which is what we got. She quickly went three love up and then Zheng went off to have some uh, some treatment, some physio treatment, came back with strapping on, I think, her right thigh. Uh, her, her movement did seem hindered. So I don't know if she had, you know, just suddenly picked something up or if it was an ongoing issue that just kind of was, she was really feeling it once the second set got underway, but she really wasn't the same player after that point, which was, it was a shame because, you know, you didn't feel that she was able to compete at the, the same level as she had been in the first set. So she on tech, possibly a bit lucky, but she definitely upped her level. And, you know, you, you could say, yeah, she should have got the job done in, in straight sets, but I'm sure she'll be glad to have come through. Just looking at her prospects for the rest of the tournament, because we were, we were going into this thinking, this is very much going to be a procession. She's the only WTA top 10 player left in the tournament do you think this result gives other ladies left in the draw that that little bit of boost that little bit of confidence the fact that you know we've seen in this match and also in the match against Kovinic where you know she was she was broken three times in in one set I mean do you think there's some sort of vulnerability being showed that potentially opens the door to an upset or do you think the fact that she was able to come through this and, you know, the fact that she was able to get over that disappointment of that first set, do you think that is ultimately going to make her even feel even better about her prospects going forward? The fact that she can win playing great tennis, but she can also win from losing positions as well. Yeah, I think it's always good to get that kind of a, a match that's slightly dodgy. You've battled through, you've had to up your level. Mm. I think that's always helpful as you go into the deep stages of a, of a slam, especially because you know you've come through a b- bit of a battle. Right? Whereas, you know, we've we've seen from some players that steamroll their way through their first sign of adversity. You know, once they get to like the quarters or semis, they're like, ah, um, mm. because they just haven't had that like to deal with in the last kind of few matches. But I think going forwards, you know, Iga Svontek kind of knows her opponent. So she's playing Jessica Pagula next. She's played her before, I think. Whereas this match was very much, you know, up and coming person, never played mm. her before. You know, Zheng was just going for it. You know, she had nothing to lose. Um, You know, this is the first time she's been at this stage of a slam. So in a way, it was kind of an unknown opponent. Whereas I think, you know, Svontek will, will have much more experience of playing the rest of the field going forward so probably less of a unknown quantity yeah I mean it was a real interesting match in the sense it was a a matchup that you didn't really know where it was going we've you know been speaking about Zheng throughout the tournament with her ball striking capabilities the fact that she's modeled her game off Li Na and you can really see that you saw that particularly in that first set with you know the the power that she possesses hitting winners from the, the back of the court I mean if i did look at her game and I think where is where areas that she can prove she can improve I definitely think the service is one of them you know her second serve in particular she only won 13 of 43 points on her second serve 30 percent percentage so definitely still work to be done there but you feel you know she's still a, a very much a teenager at the moment still very raw on the tennis court so a real big prospect for the future that has announced herself at this tournament and although obviously she didn't come out with a win against Shiontek even to to get set at the moment against her is definitely nothing to be sniffed at 
Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, Zheng has uh, done ex- extraordinarily well this tournament. And I think she's certainly someone we need to to keep our eye out for as well um, going going forwards because, you know, she is perhaps the the next future kind of Chinese tennis star. Uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of Chinese players, but perhaps she's going to be the next one to kind of break that that mantle like a la kind of lean or back in the day mm. you know she yeah. retired quite a while ago now so <laughs> it's yeah, probably it about like time, time they had coming, a big star it? exactly yeah and I mean just going back to Shriontek she's now I think on 32 matches straight now so like she's got three more to do here can she make it 35 can she make it a, a slam, another slam title I have to say I've been enjoying her um her columns for BBC Sport. Um, she's been d- doing a column uh, for the BBC when talking about all the books she's been reading. Mm. And she said before her match against Alison Risk, she uh, she finished reading Murder on the Orient Express by Agatha Christie, which I, I love that fact. I'm a big Agatha Christie fan. I love her detective fiction novel. So I'd love to get eager on the podcast to just chat about like books and all of that. What book do you want? you want to put her put in front of her next on her on her reading Ooh. list oh surely Raff, Raff, something to Raff's do with autobiography Raff, uh, autobiography <laughs> she's probably read it like 15 she's probably times read right? that. yeah exactly <laughs> she probably has read that um I don't know I've got um I've got a few that I've read recently but they're very very niche I don't think they would be uh maybe the best thing to read to relax before a match but uh <laughs> yeah we'll see <laughs> but it's nice to I, I like getting those kind of personal insights from from players and actually it reminds me because Rafa used to do a column for I think the Telegraph uh or he would ask he would answer sort of you know fans questions for the Telegraph during Wimbledon and you could like submit a question and he would you know answer it and it seems quite old school now doing like something for a newspaper rather than just you know your own social media but it's quite quite a nice thing to do so um but there we go uh it's working so far for Shrontek she's still going she's got Jessica Pagula next who came through against Irina Camellia Begu uh from a set down though she had to work hard four six six two six three um, Jessica Pagula is very, very close to becoming a top 10 player as well. I think if uh, Kazakina fails to reach the final, then Pagula makes top 10. Uh, so there's potential for, for her to be up, going up in the rankings, which I'm sure even if it doesn't happen now, probably the way the results will go, it might happen soon anyway. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, putting a real good run together. You know, she was She's reached the you know the quarterfinals before at Grand Slam level. She's done it twice at the Australian Open. Um, but yeah, it's great to see her also doing it on the clay. I mean, the American women are just having a great time uh, in the tournament um, at the moment. Even though that you know there's the likes of, of Serena Williams are obviously not there. Kennan's not not there either. But it's great to see kind of Pagula, Sloane Stevens, Coco Goff, Anna Samova as well. They're all kind of doing well on a surface that. You know, it's a little bit surprising, I think. You know, we don't necessarily think about, you know, Americans on, on a clay court doing as well as, you know, as as well as they should. But, you know, at this tournament, they've really kind of arrived and I think really impressed me in the sense of how many have kind of got to the, you know, the second week. And even kind of Madison Keys today, although she didn't, um, you know, although she didn't win against Kudometova, again, really, really good result. And I do think... You know, with some of these players, although, you know, they might have not have the biggest expectations on 
certain surfaces it shows that they feel really really comfortable on it and I do think with kind of Americans they do have a big game mentality generally and uh, it really kind of helps them when it comes to the Grand Slams regardless of the the court surface um, you know that they're playing on and you know when you see these results come out with the top seeds in the top 10 all kind of falling around you it really kind of opens up I think for those players who do have those kind of big game mentalities where that they can confident, they're focused and they can get the job done. And I think Pagula is certainly one of those. And although it was a bit of a surprise, I think to see her go down a set uh, to, to Begu, 6-4 in the, in the first, you know, she again spot, responded really, really well, you know, similar to, to Sviontek in terms of coming back and really kind of getting the job done. So uh, yeah, really, really impressed by that. And uh, you know, who, I know, I know that you know she'll go into that match against Fiontech probably as the the underdog, but I certainly think that she will get confidence. I think with seeing how Zheng played, particularly in that first set, to kind of potentially look at Fiontech and be like, "Yeah, you're playing well. Yeah, you're on a really, really good streak at the moment." But streaks are there to be broken, and maybe Jessie Pagula can can do that in the the quarterfinals at the French Open. Well, if she does, then she will be guaranteed to become the number one ranked American, mm. uh, which will be, you know, a coveted position given that there are so many American women in the top kind of 50 and top 100. So that will be, you know, a really, really, I think, nice uh, reward for all her kind of consistency because she has been a very consistent player. Like she made quarters this year at the AO and obviously she has done so before. So, yeah, really good stuff. I mean, I don't expect that she will beat Shrontek, but... We have seen, yeah, Shrontek, you know, she is capable of losing a set. Uh, so, you know, never say never. Um, on the other side, Joel, uh, of this half of the of the women's draw, we've got an all-Russian quarterfinal um, set up because Daria Kazakina, she steamrolled her way uh, through Camilla Georgie, 6-2, 6-2, um, which is really nice for Kazakina. This is the first time since four years ago that she's been at this stage of a slam. You know, she's been in the wilderness for a while. She's been kind of gradually getting better, making, you know, having her moments. And uh, it's just nice at Islam that she's now kind of gone on a bit of a run, um, as I like to say. And uh, she was definitely just superior across all aspects today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I was watching some of the end of uh, Kasatkina versus Georgie. And I I just think ultimately, Kasatkina is a better tennis player than, than Camilla Georgie. And she showed it. I think today in their round four match, I think she has she had way too much variety, um, you know, from the back of the court. And Georgie just didn't really know kind of what to do with it. She only has, you know, one game, I think. And when it's working well, it, you know, it you know it works for you know Georgie. You know, she's a she's won a WTA one thousand title. But when it's not working for her, those unforced errors can come really really quickly. And in this match, it just felt that she was just leaking too many of those and. As a result, Kasatkina was able to just get a real kind of stranglehold on the match. And uh, just generally speaking, Kim, I mean, throughout the tournament, she's been just generally steamrolling opponents. It's not just been Camilla Georgie. She's only dropped 14 games through the, you know, her opening four rounds. And again, it's great to see her back at the quarterfinals because she's another player who, you know, has had a very, you know, has been, you know, been this far before at the French Open, but, you know, quite a while ago. And uh, it's great to see her come back to that sort of you know come back to that sort of level and you know I think she's an interesting player in the sense of she doesn't I would say have like a big shot she doesn't have 
like an X factor sort of weapon. But at the same time, her consistency really can take her places. And against someone like a, a Camilla Georgie, who I just felt, you know, was just waiting to tee off, Kasatkina, all she needed to do was just keep cool, keep calm. And, you know, she could back herself that, you know, if I put the ball in the right places, ultimately an unforced error from Camilla Georgie's racket was going to come. Yeah, exactly. And um, like you said, like, I think that's, that's for one of a better analysis, she's just a better tennis player. <laughs> I liked how straightforward that was. I, but know. Yeah. <laughs> I know we, we could, could have done, we could do, about... we could do like a 50 minute analysis on that match, but just <laughs> fundamentally watching it, it was, I think, just quite obvious that mm. Kasatkina, just her variety, her spins, her angles, it was just working very well for her. And although I think Georgie, she, you know, she did have a little fight back in that that second set, you know, where she was hitting winners. Um, you know, she was hitting a few double-handed backhands down the line, which were, you know, looking great for the audiences and watching on TV. But she just wasn't able to kind of keep that up through the the whole match. And Kasatkina able to come through. Yeah, and uh, only ten force. Sorry, only ten unforced errors from Kasatkina in mm. those two sets. I mean, if you look at the the set score lines for her you know her four rounds here she hasn't dropped more than three games in a set she's been blitzing her opponents um but I mean you know yes she hasn't had to play sort of anyone that highly ranked I mean she's had what Shelby Rogers Contreras Gomez Stramkova and and Georgie but you know I think it's, it's really impressive for anyone to kind of come through so comfortably so she goes in against Kudometova uh who came through against Madison Keys um I think Kazakina They've only played once before. I think Kazakina won that one. Uh, Kudometova, to be fair, like she's into her first Grand Slam quarterfinal. I was quite surprised when this went to a third set. I was convinced Madison Keys was was going to come through, given her experience. You know, she's she's been obviously to a final of a Grand Slam. She's made all all the quarters of a Slam. Um, I was just sort of thinking, she's yeah, got surely... Lindsay Davenport in her she, corner as well. Yeah, surely Keys is is going to do this, but. Yeah, it was not to be. Kudometra really surprised me. So coming back from that that first set, which she lost 6-1, to then, you know, come through 6-3, 6-1 in the last two sets, really impressive. Um, you know, she's been there or thereabouts. She actually um, made my collector set Bedosa prediction come true by by beating her. I know Bedosa retired, but um, yeah, I guess she's, she's taking, you know, um, this experience on and she's into new territory. Yeah, and I feel like, Kudometova is arguably a better matchup for Kasatkina because I think with Madison Keys, she does, you know, she does blow hot and cold, I think, through matches. I think that's the, the one big frustration with her is that kind of consistency. And I think that's what makes it so annoying being, you know, watching her on a tennis court when she can put a superb set of tennis together, like that first set against Kudometova, really, you know, breadstick to her 6 1. And you think, you know, she's on her way to another quarterfinal at Grand Slam but you know Kudometova really did kind of turn the tide there and uh, it was a good you know momentum shift for her I did think Keys was going to wrestle it back as well in that third set but it was great I think for Kudometova just kind of to to carry it through and um, you know as I said I think for, for Kasatkina I feel like that is a a better matchup because I do think Madison Keys has bigger weapons and on on her day they could they could blast someone off the court like a, you know, like a Kasatkina or, or, or someone else. But I do think Kasatkina and Kudometova are quite evenly balanced in terms of their arsenal. And I still would say arguably both of them don't necessarily have that big weapon that they can draw upon for 
for points. And I think that is going to be a match that potentially comes down to who keeps their unforced errors uh, you know, down the most. But I certainly see that as a match of like a game of chess, Kim. Like they're going to be moving each other across the court, putting balls in awkward spaces, using tight angles, using different spins. Could be quite a, a tactical battle, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be quite intriguing. Um, they're both they're both Russian, obviously. They're both they're both the same age, so it's it's kind of uh, they're of the same generation, and it's who can can go you know to this stage of a Grand Slam, you know, first semi final up for grabs. Um, I I can see it, yeah, being being a three setter, being being quite tight. Uh, it's also a matter of nerves. Who's going to deal with with the nerves and the mental side of the game? And Kasatkin has been here before. And you would think she was the more experienced. But at the mm-hmm. same time, Kida Metova, I think this was her first fourth round um, at a Grand Slam as well. So, you know, she obviously was able to kind of handle those nerves, maybe not necessarily initially, but certainly grew into the match. You know, there is no doubt that she's going to want to start a lot better than she did against Madison Keys. Because I think, you know, with, I think, you know, with Kasatkina, you sort of see her on a tennis court, you, you know what you're going to get there. And, uh, you know, I think she's not gonna she's not gonna give up many uh, you know errors too easily. So I think it's gonna be could be quite a tight. Lots of ex- I see a lot of extended rallies there potentially, and uh, yeah, could could go either way. Absolutely. And uh, let's move on to the men's action from today, Joel. We've had a slightly disappointing result for Yannick Sinner fans. He's retired, I think, due to his knee injury that he's been struggling with so that was a set all against Andre Rublev you know Sinner actually like steamrolled his way through that first set I thought he was gonna be you know home and dry but um yeah Rublev was able to to clinch the second and then two love down in the third and Sinner called it a day so Andre Rublev lives to fight another day and Sinner is is out and hopefully he'll be getting getting that knee sorted soon um so he doesn't you know shackle the rest of his uh his season but uh earlier in the day we had we had Holger Rune um getting I guess what many people are calling a, a shock win over Stefanos Tsitsipas in four sets he won seven five three six six three six four uh this is his first ever main draw in Paris which I didn't realize I just assumed he had maybe played it last year um and I think that's even the more impressive, you know, he's making the quarterfinals on his debut. Um, he's now, along with Carlos Alcaraz, who we'll get on to later, uh, the second teenager uh, to get to that stage. And also for, for his country, Denmark, he's the first Danish man into the last eight of a slam since 1967. So, uh, not, not Freddie yeah. Nielsen. Not Freddie I know, Nielsen, Kim. <laughs> I know. Can we just say that Freddie Nielsen is a Grand Slam champion? Oh, well, here we go. Okay. You know, didn't quite manage to do singles court finals. Um, although, yeah, that Johnny Murray breakup talent. really helped his singles career, didn't it? <laughs> the way it was going to go. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, it was a really, I mean, excellent performance from Holgerun. I, I know I appreciate that Stefanos Sissipas wasn't wasn't at his best. Um and to be honest, I don't think he's been at his best uh, you know, in you know, in the tournament so far. You know, we've we've spoken about how, you know, he'd landed in the, you know, he's in the bottom half of the draw. We thought, you know, the red carpet had been rolled out for him to get to another final. Um, but you know, for what for whatever reason, you know, he's he has at times struggled in, you know, in week one, you know, we talk about, you know, that match against Massetti in the first round where he went two sets to love down, one in five. And then Kolar as well, a qualifier in, in the second round, had to, 
really tough it out in a in a fourth set tie break. So he's shown, I think, weak weaknesses. And when he came up against Holger Rune, I just felt like he was a bit of a zombie on the on the tennis court. You know, he was just you know being moved around by Rune. Rune was the the aggressor, and uh, you know, I just I just felt kind of Sissipas was almost waiting or or expecting Rune to make errors that that didn't come and almost that he could rely you know in in the fourth round of a slam it was almost like he felt like he could rely on rune to almost beat himself and i think that's what he was relying on because his tennis although it wasn't you know it wasn't i don't think it was where it needed to be um you know to make a, a grand slam quarterfinal he was still you know very competitive but uh you know rune just just had the edge and he was so fearless, which I, I really loved on on in the match today because you know, he was coming up against a more experienced competitor, certainly as the underdog. But it just felt like he he reveled in the occasion. Yeah, and um, I do think Sitspas was probably a bit kind of did he underestimate what Rune could do? He's a bit passive, well... just didn't really see it coming. Do you think he kind of stepped on court thinking, "Hey, I've I'm more experienced," mm. you know? I'm they're both obviously young up. I want is Sitspas up and coming anymore? You know, it's it's he was asked this in his press conference, you know, that there is now these teenagers, you know, several years younger that are arguably going to jumps jump ahead of, you know, the likes of Sitspas and Zverev potentially and, and be the first ones to actually win a slam. I don't know, do you think Sitspas is just in that sort of no man's land at the moment kind of I don't know. I don't know. I've just, he hasn't been convincing this tournament, like you said. And perhaps in retrospect, this result isn't that surprising given how well Rune has been playing. And, you know, he picked up his first title in Munich coming into Roland Garros. So, you know, if we'd have seen the signs that they were there, <laughs> perhaps. I think, you know, Sissipas has no reason to have not expected the level of tennis that, that Rune has brought. We've seen him you know, over the, the clay season, post some really, really decent results. Arguably, he may have been a little bit surprised in the sense of, um, you know, best of five format at Grand Slam. Rune has never gone this this deep before. And perhaps he was surprised with how well, you know, he was handling the, you know, the occasion, you know, the sort of, the, you know, the opponent across him, as well as, the, you know, being in the stadium and, uh, in, a, in, a round, in a round four match on, on Chatrier. But, I, at the same time, I, I just think he he didn't really know what to do. I think he didn't have a he didn't have a plan B. He didn't really know how to negate the you know the rune drop shots. Um, he wasn't winning from the you know the baseline uh, you know in the extended rallies. And although you know he he did kind of did well to kind of fight back and and win that second set. Again, he would just be disappointed with how he didn't kind of continue that momentum. And as I said, just remained, I feel, a bit too passive from the, the baseline that just enabled Rune to, you know, put that disappointment to one side and actually make his kind of turn up for a momentum shift and take sets three and sets four. And, you know, although there was a little bit of a wobble at the end from from Rune, I think, you know, obviously that would have been a little bit expected given, you know, this is, you know, the, the deepest he's ever gone in a, in a, in a Grand Slam maiden quarterfinal but again, just just very impressed with with how he was able to um, able to kind of pull out the victory because it was a it was a you know it was a match where I think Sissipas, if he had got it to a fifth set, then I think Rune would have potentially doubted himself and 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 that could have opened the door for for Sissipas. But you know that wasn't to be, and uh, you know Rune I think was the you know he was the deserved winner. He came he came onto the court, he played the better tennis. 
and Sissipas will be, you know, he'll be disappointed because he would, as I said, he had a big opportunity here to get to another Grand Slam final, perhaps even make amends for, you know, what happened, you know, last year against, you know, Djokovic being two sets up and, and losing in five. But, you know, he's been robbed of that opportunity. And I think what I would take from this is that he needs to understand that he can't just expect, I think, to get to a semi-final, a Grand Slam final. There are hungry players out there and he's going to turn up at every single round. And in this tournament, I don't feel like he did that. Even, you know, Massetti in the first round, he didn't show up for the first two sets. In his second round match as well, there are times where I was kind of like, well, the you know, will the real Stefanos Tsitsipas please turn up? Like, it was a bit, it felt just very subdued at times. And, you know, when he came up against a, you know, a smooth operator in, in Holgerun, he knew what to do with that. And, um, you know, he took it, he took the opportunity when it presented itself to him. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I think everyone in our collector set got him wrong because we'd all pretty mm. much said at least, you know, uh, semis, final. So there we go. Um, Holger Rune is the one that moves on to the quarterfinals to ma- uh, to uh, to an all Scandinavian matchup, which I think mm. is quite exciting because Kasper Rude also came through in four sets over Hubert Hercatch. Uh, so Kasper Rude also into the quarterfinals of a Grand Slam for the first time in his career. Perhaps this one a, a bit more predictable though, uh, given the draw. Um, you know, he was. He was able to combat Herkaj's big serve and Herkaj up to this match hadn't even dropped serve. I think he was the only player not to have had his serve broken um, in the first, you know, three rounds and uh, Rude managed to break it within the first five minutes. So um, <laughs> that was uh, that was it for the first two <laughs> sets. He was really able to, uh, yeah, to neutralise uh, Herkaj's serve and uh, although Hubert was able to get that third set back, yeah, it was just uh, Rude definitely... Um, had had his measure today and uh yeah i think rude against rune it's, it's a bit of a mouthful um throw in rublev as well you've got all the ruse in this bit of the draw um i don't know this is going to be a really entertaining i think it, I, I don't know how i don't know who's the favorite i i feel that, that it's quite even and i feel like they're both going for their first semi-final i think it's it's a great opportunity for both of them it's winnable for both of them so i'm looking forward to this one yeah, it's uh, it's really it's a really interesting one in terms of it's an all Scandi matchup, Kim. Yes, Denmark, let's get them. Let's Denmark get the uh, let's get the herring and the uh, I want to <laughs> say meatballs, but they're Swedish. What, what, do, what else do I mean? All I think of Danish food, some f- fantastic like brunches and mm. uh, all that lovely. Yeah, Copenhagen's got a great food scene. Um, I, I've not been to Norway though, but anyway, enough about Scandinavian food. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I, you know, I think yeah, Casper. I think for me, Casper Ruud, I still think goes in a little bit as the as the favourite. I think you know the fact that Sissa passes out, both of them are going to be aware of how big, you know, the, of an opportunity there is here. I mean, just even speaking in the context of the uh, you know the, the bottom half of the draw, the fact that that we thought you know Sissa pass was clearly the favourite, um, you know, in this bottom half at the start of the tournament. I mean. Who do you, Kim? Who do you think the favourite is now to to get to the the final from this bottom half? Because arguably it's Daniel Medvedev, even though he's not played like ninety percent of the the clay season. But I think Kasper Ruud, you know, you know, his first match against you know, Joe Wilfred Songa, that was a bit of a battle. Came through it. 
and against another player who offered quite a bit in terms of her cash as well played very very well so I'm always seeing Rude I think as the favorite to to make potentially you know his first Grand Slam final and I think you know, he's a very talented individual he showed that you know on, on the hard courts um, you know earlier on in in the season although I think his clay season there were results there that I don't think fans were expecting I think we were sort of expecting that that hard court prowess to kind of continue through I think you know now he's showing it and proving it at, at the French Open at a Grand Slam I think you know I think I feel like it's his time potentially to to get a yeah great a debut Grand Slam final under his belt I mean he's still got as I said Medvedev potentially who's, who's facing Chilich at the moment but uh the door is open there open open there for someone and for me, yeah, Casper Ruud, the way he's been playing is is potentially the the number one for me to to make the most of it. Yeah, I wonder what Nick Kyrgios would sure, say about you? that. <laughs> You're not sure, are you? No, my hesitation. I, I, well, if he does get to the grand a, a final, um, yeah, I could see him getting to the final. I just don't think he'd make any inroads in the final. Um, I, I still, I feel that Medvedev is, you know, I know he doesn't really play the clay season. Clay is not his best surface. He's probably got a, quite a, potentially a tough battle with Chilich tonight. They've, they've just stepped on court. Chilich has won the first game as we're recording this. But, you know, you look at his performance in slam. He knows how to go deep in slams. He knows how to win a slam. I, I have to go with the experience um, at, at slams. I think, I had predicted that Sitspass was going to knock Medvedev out in the semis. Sitspass is now out, so I, I think I think it's Medvedev. If not, well, no one's talking about Andre Rublev. Like literally, no one's talking <laughs> no, about him the I whole know, no, whole ten days. <laughs> no, I, so, I know. <laughs> yeah, Rublev's temperament over five sets just just feels like it's it's not it's not where it needs it's not where it needs to be. And he's going to give you he's always going to give you a moment where he's going to go you know, walk about and again, might give an opportunity to, you know, his opponent who's going to take advantage. So you can't, you know, you can't, you know, you cannot count out kind of Rublev, but I certainly think if it is a Rublev Medvedev quarterfinal, um, if, assuming Medvedev comes through Chilich, I think Medvedev normally gets the better of, of Rublev. But I certainly think for me, I still think with Rude and Rune, that for me is the op- most open kind of quarter. And if you just take that, one match at a time. I do think that Kasper Ruud's experience um, will help him. I know Holger Rune played well, um, you know, against Sissipas, and, and as I said, handled the occasion, which makes you think he's not going to, you know, tighten or, or, or get nervous. But I just think with with Rude, how he's playing, the battles that he's come through. I forgot to mention earlier that that fifth five set match against Sonigo in in round three. Um, I just think that he's been tested in a way that is gonna has really kind of put the the bit between his teeth mm. I mean I feel that a lot of people will be thinking it's maybe immaterial because the, the three men who are the top of the kind of favorites they're all in the other half and uh, let's take a quick break now because we're gonna come back in a second to talk all about what happened on day eight at the French Open with Rafa with Carlos Alcaraz and with Novak Djokovic so do not go anywhere Welcome back to The Passing Shots with Joel and Kim, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. And let's move on to day eight, uh, Sunday at the French Open, middle Sunday. Um, We've got Rafa 
who was up against uh, Felix Oje Aliassime, who is, as we know, being mentored or coached by Tony Nadal, of, of all people. Um, quite an intriguing encounter for, for that reason alone. But um, yeah, this was this was much tougher than I was expecting as a Rafa fan. It went five sets. Uh, Rafa had to rely on a a break at the end of the match, essentially, uh, to, to clinch this one in, in five, six, three in the fifth set. Um, Felix did, did really well. I thought he was absolutely fantastic, had a very good game plan and uh, really, you know, exceeded my expectations. But obviously Rafa, right at the end, he really, really upped his level when he absolutely had to. And uh, you could tell that that sort of extra something right at the end there to, uh, to clinch it. And uh well, he lives to fight another day. He lives to uh, to fight Djokovic specifically tomorrow night. Uh, what did you make of this match, though? Um, you know, potential banana skin when when it went to yeah. the fifth set. What were you thinking? It was, uh, you know, I feel it was, it was really kind of touch and go at time. The fact that Ojea Aliassime was just just able to take Rafa to a fifth set at you know at the French Open was very very impressive. Only I think two players. Have done that before, uh, Novak Djokovic, and of course, Kim John Isner. Oh, no, <laughs> please, no. So you know he's in great company. You know he's in great company there. Um, but um, you know this was a you know this was a very high quality match. Nadal needed to be you know you know at his best, and at times he wasn't. I think you know, at times he was made to look very ordinary um, against Ojaliasim, particularly in that that first set. There were. A lot of uncharacteristic like errors from Nadal, um, and I was wondering about you know what, what's what's going on here. Is is Oje Aliassime gonna gonna cause the upset? Because you know we saw Djokovic coming through against Schwartzman very easily, and uh, everyone I think was all eyes on this match in terms of hoping you know that that Nadal Djokovic quarterfinal does happen. But um, yeah, FAA certainly had other ideas, and uh, he really brought a level of tennis that I certainly was very very impressed with and and made me think to be honest like I know this happened in a fourth round of a Grand Slam but just seeing the level kind of displayed by him again it makes it just makes me think that he is going to be a Grand Slam champion in the future I know he went out to to Rafa but the fact that he pushed him to a fifth set on Philip Chatrier at the French Open not many people have done that and it just shows you I think the level he can bring on a clay court yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 we all know his his talent. It's just a matter of him putting it together at the right time and and seizing his opportunities. And he was certainly doing that um, in the first set. You know, Rafa got off to a slow start. Many, many people were saying it's because he stayed really up slow. too late, yeah. too late watching the Champions League final. You know, he was there watching Madrid win. But um, yeah, he had had a lot of opportunities though. To, you know, to to break in that first set, but just wasn't able to. No. Uh, to I get know. there were so <laughs> many, many opportunities weren't there yeah it was quite frustrating but um at least you know with opportunities it's better to have them than not be getting any any opportunities at all um so you know and um obviously tony nadal uh, just that kind of added a you know interesting element to to the encounter but um yeah rafa rafa comes through i think this makes me question his chances more against Novak just because Rafa's had a, a long long old battle four hours plus not going to help his foot is it and um, 
I'd, I'd rather he was going into the Djokovic match a bit fresher. Um, but hey-ho, you know, uh, he's there. That's the main thing. He's got to the quarterfinals. <laughs> yeah, uh, I Djokovic- thought you were going to say I would, would rather him go into the grass court season fresher. So <laughs> <laughs> No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd want Rafa to be fresh always, but there we go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what was quite interesting was you, you picked up on, on Tony Didal because he was watching the match and he made a point of, I think, being in the seat that was the most down the middle seat possible <laughs> on the court just to just sort of make a point of like you know I'm neither Felix I'm not or, or I'm neither Nadal I'm just gonna sit in the middle as, as a neutral but then what was interesting was he left the court um before the the match concluded and he was you know he gave an interview after the match has happened and he was quoted as saying Felix, Felix is Felix but my nephew is my nephew I wanted him to win. For us, this tournament will always be special. I mean, I was quite taken aback by this because why? That, because it's I'm family, Felix, Joel. It's yeah, but family. I'm on I'm on Felix Ojeda-Aliassime's payroll here, and I'm expecting him to do to do his best to help me win and help me. You know, and I get that there's emotion involved and there's there's family involved, but. At the end of the day, if I'm if I'm paying this guy to be in my corner and, and coach me, then, you know, I think he should be able to manage. Personally, I think he should be able to manage these these situations, uh, you know, when there is, you know, when there is family involved. I think, you know, he's a, if he's a professional and is able to do his job, then he should be able to to do this. So I was very surprised that he came out and kind of said this. And I wonder what kind of Felix makes of it, because I know he's a. I know he's a nice guy and you know arguably there is a part of me that thinks whether he is too nice you know to almost you know he needs a bit more of an edge to him in order to kind of win you know these matches because I do think you know you see him at the net shaking hands in the Dow it's all kind of smiles and cheers and you know it's like valiant effort um but ultimately Rafa was the victor but if I was him I'd be a bit I'd be I'm not gonna lie I'd be a bit upset I'd be a bit livid at, at, at you know how Tony sees it do you think Felix should start breaking a few rackets and uh you know shoving well, things into the audience <laughs> um no obviously not but no I don't I don't think he's you know I don't think he you know obviously each player has their own way they want to play and I don't think he should that you what you've described there makes me think more of like a, a Denis Shapovalov versus a Felix Ogier Aliassime but I, I again I do think that there needs to be he needs to add some sort of edge I think to his game that can you know, I'm not seeing being underhanded or or whatever, but I think I feel like we've certainly seen with players like Sissipas, Zverev, even Medvedev as well on on the tennis court. They do have an edge there that not necessarily everyone likes, but it helps them get the job done. And I wonder if Ojia Aliassime can, you know, I, I get that there are players out there like Roger, you know, Roger Federer who you would say is is very graceful on the court and is able to just get it done on, on talent alone. But I do wonder if, if Ojalisim does need that sort of edge or spice or something extra that can really help him, I think, get under the skin of, of other opponents. Mm, I get where you're coming from. Um, I think there, there could be a, a case for yeah, being too nice, which seems ridiculous, but I totally, you need that like cutting edge. You've got yeah. that, you need to, that, that element of ruthlessness to be a yeah. truly great champion. Um, as for Tony Nadal, I, I 
obviously as a Rafa fan, pleased that he wanted Rafa to win. I, I think, you know, their bond is so strong that, but it must have been very difficult for him. It must have been very difficult for him. But if you weren't a Rafa fan? Family is family. Like, I'm sure he still helped Felix as much as he could. I mean, Felix did so well. I'm sure Tony would have influenced that to some extent with his strategy. But, you know, it's... the the. Was it what's that saying? Blood runs thicker than water. Is is that appropriate? This is this setting. <laughs> anyway, blood runs thicker than maple syrup. The maple syrup. <laughs> um, that just reminds me. I've got some granola in the oven. I need to take out. Um, <laughs> pause the episode. Right. Um, I mean, let's talk about Djokovic because he had a very boring match with Diego Schwartzman. Uh, you know, straight sets. 6-1, 6-3, 6-3. He's just been kind of waltzing his way through the tournament. Uh, I guess the most exciting thing about this match was um, a bit of confrontation with the the crowd. I think there were some boos going out um, for Djokovic. And, uh, you know, Djokovic was kind of rallying them up a bit. Um, but, yeah, going into the match tomorrow with Rafa, obviously Novak's probably the fresher of the two. Uh, obviously beat Rafa here last year in that kind of night session, edgy, yeah, night session semi-final. The, the French prime minister had to let them carry on playing because of all the COVID rules. It was all a bit crazy. I, I feel like tomorrow's one, is it going to be like that again? Or is it actually going to be probably quite a calm affair? I mean, I just have no idea what to expect. I mean, I would expect a quality encounter because that's what they normally deliver. So I'm going to I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Are you upset it wasn't a day session match because I think this has been the obviously the big debate. Everyone I saw I saw on, on social media and it was like the most most anticipated schedule reveal in all of Grand Slam history which is probably a bit too much but you you get the point in in the sense of there was a big there was a big kind of debate on whether this should be in the day or the evening and it feels like you know it's been a business decision put it in the evening we'll get better audiences i mean it i mean for british fans it means that we're able to kind of watch after work uninterrupted which is great but are you as a, as a fan as a rafa fan do you you know we had it as a night session last year you know last time out did you wanted it secretly to be the day session or are you, or are you you're not bothered I would prefer the day session, but I guess after this sort of long match with Felix, it does give Rafa a bit mm. more time, it yeah. being in the night. But also, I mean, yes, we know that Rafa doesn't like the night session generally as much. Uh, it doesn't, it's not as effective for his game, but you've got to play when you've got to play. It's probably inevitable this was always going to be a night session when that draw was made. Um, so, you know, I completely understand the reasons behind it. And yeah, if you've got tickets for that tomorrow, then... Yeah, you know, get ready for for a potentially a very late finish. Who knows? Um, I'm still going with with uh, obviously, obviously, I want every fiber of my be- being is wanting Rafa to win, but I my head is still saying that Djokovic is the the likely winner. Okay. Yeah. Well, I went I went with Rafa in my predictions, and I'm, mm. I'm sticking to my guns. You know, I think Novak. He's not been tested so far, and uh, I think Rafa is going. Rafa True. is going to test him, and uh, you know I don't know if, if Djokovic is going to come into that match maybe a little bit undercooked, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm more curious to see how the conditions kind of play out because you know they do they do I think favour Djokovic a little bit more, and that might that might give him 
the edge. But, you know, we shall see. I think the crowd is also going to have their say. I mean, the fact that they were, you know, I, I, I don't think it's great that they, you know, have been booing Djokovic. You know, they booed him when they he, he walked on to the court uh, against Schwartzman. And then I think he was booed as well when his name was was brought up in the interview after the, the Nadal FAA match. And uh, again, I think it could be quite a feisty and heated in environment. But again, we know Djokovic absolutely revels in those those situations. And uh, it'll be interesting, I think, to see how that dynamic plays out. Kim, we do have obviously two other quarterfinalists. We have Carlos Alcaraz and Alexander Zverev. They both had much easier, uh, straightforward paths than, than Rafa to the quarterfinals. We had Carlos Alcaraz beating Karen Kachanov 6-1, 6-4, 6-4. And then Zverev beat Zapata Morales 7-6, 7-5, 6-3. So no real dramas there. I mean, I know we're all talking about Rafa versus Novak, but Zverev Alcaraz, that's a pretty tasty quarterfinal as well. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, we're expecting Alcaraz to come through that, but I think that could certainly are you? be five I, sets. Do you know what? I'm... Are you Are you not? Are you Are you thinking Zverev? I think Zverev, you know, he's just such a... I wouldn't, I would not be surprised if he's like a party pooper in this situation and, and wins that match because he's been playing, you know, he's been playing some, um, you know, I think he's been playing quite decent tennis, um, you know, over this tournament. It's not been, you know, the most flashy tennis at times. I think obviously Alcaraz has played the more entertaining matches for, for the crowd. And, you know, I think what Alcaraz beats Zverev in a Masters final, I think, in earlier on, earlier on in, in the season in, in Madrid. Madrid. Yeah. But I think it could be, I think it might be a little bit of a different story. I think it'll be a lot closer potentially than, than people are imagining. And uh, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm quite, yeah, I, you know, for all Zverev's faults, I think, you know, he's certainly become a lot more consistent at, at Grand Slams. And, um, you know, I, I, I think this is going to be a quite, I think this is going to be another kind of big battle I think on on both of the players hands yeah I think Zverev definitely um to give him his due like at Grand Slams he he makes his generally his seeding or at least the quarterfinals even when he's not playing particularly great so um I think he's definitely becoming a lot more consistent at Slams perhaps less so at Wimbledon but um you know that match against Zapata Marais you know he he's a Spanish qualifier ranked like 130 odd in the world and it was tight you know for two sets seven six seven five but Zverev was very complimentary about Zapata Marais you know he said like he's he, you know he it was really hard to play against him he's super quick playing really good tennis so obviously you know playing at a much higher ranking than than his actual ranking but um yeah I think I can see it going four I can potentially see it going five but I mean, I, Zverev does have to break that hoodoo of actually defeating a top 10 player yes, at, a, at a Grand Slam, which is a big, you know, is a big uh, obstacle, is a big obstacle for him. Um, but who knows? He, maybe he maybe he does it against Carlos Alcaraz t- tomorrow. Surely the crowd will be, you know, for Carlos mm. because they will want to see Carlos against, you know, Djokovic or Rafa in that semi-final. That, that's, you know, two possible blockbusters, one after the other, essentially. So we, uh, well, this will be the day session tomorrow. So this is like the, the nice starter, the warm up uh, on the men's side of things for, for your Tuesday in, the, in week two of Roland Garros. So I, I'm going with Alcaraz, um, but I I'm would, gonna go yeah, Zarev. I'm not, 
Are you? Okay, you're playing yeah. devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about the women from from that half of the draw? We've got the, the quarterfinals um, tomorrow. We've got Coco Goff against Sloane Stevens, all-American matchup. And then we've got an all-lefty matchup with Leila Fernandez and Martina Trevisan. So um, let's start with the Americans because both Goff and Stevens came through their respective fourth rounds uh, against Mertens and Tykeman. You know, for the loss of well, six games between them, it was it was very straightforward. I mean, Goff was a, a breakdown twice in the first set against Mertens, but then she won the last eight games of that match. So, you know, Mertens was kind of, <laughs> um, you know, completely out of it by by the time they got into the second set, and then uh, Sloane Stevens just like annihilated Jill Tightman, ruining your uh, semi final prediction. I think Joel, there were you were you quite dismayed at, at how Tightman got on. Do you know what? I, I actually wasn't. I was so pleased, I think, for I was I'm so pleased, I think, for Sloane Stevens because of I think, you know, whenever she has like big losses and, you know, her form is not great, I think everyone is just ready to kind of pounce on her, you know, talk about her on social media and be like, Oh my god, I can't believe this person won a Grand Slam title, etc. But um, you know, she is playing so she is playing so well at the moment and you know, Jill Tightman was not, you know, was going into that match kind of full of confidence. And perhaps she was a little bit, you know, knackered from her, her match against, you know, Azarenka, which was, I think, one of the, if not the longest match so far um, in the uh, the draw on the, on the, on the women's side. But um, yeah, Sloane Stevens, again, but I think a banana skin for her. She's just able to just play her game and it's been great. And she's really, I think, she really, I think, is at home at the French Open she just loves playing on the on the courts here Coco Goff similarly as well has been playing some some great tennis here and uh, it's amazing to see another an all American you know quarter final and uh, Coco Goff's another one of those players a teenager like you know like Zhang who has been on the you know the tour a while and um, yeah it was interesting to hear I think in um, you know in I think in the Eurosport coverage Barbara Shett talk about you know Coco Goff's progress being slow and you know not as quick as potentially we you know were expecting you know when she broke onto the scene at Wimbledon but I've got to remember Kim Coco Goff's still crazy young and the fact that she's into a, the her quarterfinal she'll be full of confidence as well so um I think it's going to be a very interesting matchup yeah and she reached the quarterfinals here last year as well so you know two mm. in a row and it is I always think yeah I think of her as older than she actually is because she burst onto the scene so so young um and it's doing her a bit of a disservice I think you sort of overlook her and you think oh yeah, she's just been around for a few yeah. years now yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> but it's it's silly that we have such pressure and expectation for people to achieve so quick and it's you know like the other side of it is you could be like Emma Raducanu and suddenly win a slam from nowhere and then you know then you're you're struggling afterwards whereas you know maybe there was different routes to success you know so maybe slower and steadier is better and I and I do think again I think it was interesting to hear I think Goff in one of her interviews said that Emma Raducanu just showed it can be done you know winning unseeded not really known no real expectation it can be done you can go on and win a a grand slam and again in this part of the draw we've got stevens goff fernandez trevisan there's big opportunity here to get to you know to get to a grand slam final and and if you do that you you put yourself into the position of 
again, doing potentially an Emma Raducanu. And uh, I would say minus kind of Trevisan, I think, you know, these players are more on the map than than, Rad, than certainly Raducanu was at the US Open. But at the same time, Sloane Stevens will be looking at this as an opportunity to be like, hey, I could be a multi-Grand Slam title winner. Fernandez got an opportunity to kind of write, you know, get to another Grand Slam final. It's It's really all to play for. And I think all those players will be very, very motivated given how they, I think, burst onto the scene, given their past achievements at Grand Slams and the fact that they've got a really big opportunity here to add more achievements to their name. Yeah, especially Fernanda. She could potentially mm. make, what, two Grand Slam finals at the last three slams. Yeah. You know, she she came through against Anisimova in, in three sets. Um, you know, bit of an up and down battle this this match, but Fernanda served so so well. Um, and that that third set, she she really upped it, and uh, and Isabella just wasn't really getting much on the return, and um, a very impressive from Fernanda's. I think, although she reached the US Open final last year, I think that we sort of almost not forgotten, but I, I I wasn't suddenly expecting her to, you know, to get necessarily to, to the latter stages of slams continually. Um, but she's proving that she, she's obviously more than capable of doing that. And, you know, she, she arguably has the, oh, I don't want to say the easier matchup because Martina Trevisan is, um, you know, has also been at this stage of the French Open uh, before because she in 2020 was uh, one of our surprise uh, surprise semi-finalists, I think, wasn't it? Um, as a qualifier. Um, or was it, did she reach no, the course, just the quarterfinals? Because there was um, there was the other, it was uh, Podoroska that year that got to the mm. semis. That was it. Yeah. It was the two of them yeah. that just completely shock <laughs> like outsiders. Um, Trevor San is interesting because, you know, she's really struggled since reaching that, that Roland Garros quarterfinal in 2020, like on the, on the WTA main draws, you know, she's, you know, not had a great record, but she's been able to stay in the top hundred and she got her first title in, in Rabat last week. And, you know, she's, she hasn't lost a match in a while. So I think this is a really big win streak at the moment. Yeah. Really, really impressive. I expect Fernandez will probably have a bit too much, but you know, it's an all lefty encounter, which is, uh, you don't get that too often. So I'm, I'm going to go. Stevens Fernandez, uh, the two players that have both got to the grand slam finals. I think, I think it's going to be either one of them in the final. I mean, Kim, the Trevor Sand story is, is amazing. She mm. her record on in main draws on the on the WTA tour between Roland Garros twenty twenty and Rome twenty twenty two was one five lost twenty. So to go from that to quarter final at the French Open for a second time, that is again. There's been some you know there's been some real you know stories this week, but I think that is going that is going a bit underappreciated given. You know where you know where she was. You know all those losses, and yeah, you know she had a real tough match against Sasnovic. Really tight tie break in that first set, taking it twelve ten. But um, you know, she, again, she will be looking to go one step further. And uh, against someone like Leila Fernandez, you know, again, it's 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 very much up for grabs. But I am I am sort of hoping Kim Sloane Stevens can come through. I don't know if it's the the Chris effect, but um, I do. I do quite like watching Sloane Stevens, and I do think if Sloane Stevens is playing her best game, I think she, I think she comes out of these these four players left. 
yeah i i, I would I'd, I'd love slayton stevens to 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 do it um you know i'd be more than happy i've, I've always enjoyed watching her and like you said i think she's got such a such a complete game like when, but it's just we haven't seen her perform how we know that she can which is the most frustrating thing like and it's been years since we've seen her do that so if she can just put it all together then <laughs> i just remember that final because she you know she's been to the french open final before mm, against yeah uh, you know against yep. Simona halep and uh she played that i think it was that first that first set i think she won she won i think she won the first set um in that final but she just played some absolutely spellbinding tennis and uh again it's just great to see her reach those dare i say potentially reach those heights again so um yeah we'll see we'll see how that plays out and despite british hopes fading in the singles with with cam Norrie, we do kim still have interest in the doubles which is very very exciting we do we've got uh obviously joe salisbury uh and rajiv ram who are the top seeds uh joe is you know the world number one so he's still going strong they're in the quarterfinals of the men's doubles and neil skupski and wes kuhoff also in the quarterfinals um they are well could potentially both play each other in the semi if they both get there uh but lloyd glassball has uh, lost his quarterfinal he's playing with helio vara the finn they've just lost today this evening in a uh, final set tie break to Bapana and Middlecoop. So just the two uh, Brits left in the men's doubles. Um, women's doubles, we don't have anyone, but Garcia and Mladenovic are back playing together and they're into the quarters. So I'm I'm hoping that they can do it. I think, you know, they've, they've previously won this title um, and they're, they're such a formidable team when they're, you know, not arguing and because uh, they had a big falling out, didn't they, about kind of, fed cup and what have yep. you and yeah oh yes of course Deci- garcia deciding to go her separate way and focus on singles and time blah, heals blah, blah. all wounds kim well exactly they're both doing awful at singles now they need the double so <laughs> let's uh hope they have some success but um yeah that'd be nice for the home fans as well um and the last bit to update everyone on is collector set because we've got uh kind of halfway through now so we've got um yeah, well, five, well, four of our collector set picks are already out. So it's just Djokovic and Medvedev remaining. Uh, Medvedev's dropped the first set to Chilich. He might be on his way out soon. Um, but yeah, actually, as an update, um, I'm in the lead, Joel, at the moment with uh, with, two <laughs> with two correct guesses. Oh, my word. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought at the start of the tournament, yeah, the collector set would go the way it has. So many surprises um the fact that yeah two is the top score at the mid midway point yeah it just shows <laughs> very very hard to kind of predict this season uh, i do have to give a shout out to chris uh because he was the only one to correctly guess on jabour going out yeah. in round one so uh Impressive. kudos kudos there but kim are you feeling you feeling confident is that is that mug gonna be in your in your kitchen do you think anytime soon well, um, yeah, I, mean, I have to say no one was even close to, to Chris with, with Jabor. Um, I, well, I was quite confident about Medvedev, but I, I, I think, you know, Djokovic is probably going to win, although I hope I'm wrong on that front. So I, I hope I don't get any more right, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was the only one to get Bedosa, but I feel like I got, I got a bit lucky there because she, you know, withdrew or retired, I should say. Um, but yeah, it's all going to rest on, on Djokovic. I'm, not as many people have Djokovic winning as I thought they would, actually. I think it, it really does depend on whether they're thinking, you know, Rafa's going to win tomorrow or or Novak so it's quite interesting but yeah all to play for um I'm sure I think 
yeah, definitely still up for for many people to still win. So, uh, including myself, you're you're out though, Joel. You've been, I know, you're five uh, five all out, and I'm um, going for I'm going six for six, Kim. I'm going for the <laughs> I'm going for the bagel. I'm going for the bagel. Yeah, and everyone everyone got six pass wrong. Um, so yeah, no one can claim that that one. But uh, yeah, well, we'll I'll, I'll pop this on the Twitter and we'll uh, give everyone an update uh, next weekend. Yes, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this latest round-by-round catch-up with The Passing Shot. Remember to subscribe to us on whatever device you listen to us on to stay up-to-date on all the action at Roland Garros. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all good podcasting platforms out there. You can also listen to us on the DownloadTennis.com app. And if you like what you're hearing, then make sure to leave us a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And you can also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Passing Shot Pod. So do give us a like and a follow if you don't already. Do let us know all your thoughts, any comments and feedback or questions that you've got for us. And if you prefer to reach us via email, we can uh, be indeed reached via PassingShotPod at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our website, www.thepassingshot.co.uk. And we will be back on Wednesday at Passing Shot HQ for our quarterfinal catch-up. So I hope you can join us for that. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from Kim. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you again soon.